So welcome back again, everybody, to another episode of What's Important Now. This is the podcast from the United States Border Patrol Academy. And here we talk about things that are important to the men and women of the United States Border Patrol, their families, and, and the folks that we serve. And as we've talked about before, March is Women's History Month. And this is part three of a special segment we're doing to honor those special women in our lives, the women that make up and surround the United States Border Patrol. We have a very special guest today, and I want to, before I get to her, I want to talk to you about someone else that's very special uh, in the history of this organization. His name's Louis Aguilar. Louis was born in November of 1976, and he started with the United States Border Patrol in July of 2002. He's a loving husband, he's a devoted father to two wonderful kids, Ariana and Louis Jr. His end of watch was January 19th, 2008, after six years of service. And I want to read you the details of this story. Border Patrol agent Louis Aguilar was killed in the line of duty on Saturday, January 19th, 2008, after a suspected smuggler intentionally ran him over while he was deploying a controlled tire deflation device. Now, that's the way we in the law enforcement organizations say spike strips. He was attempting to stop the vehicle from escaping into Mexico. Now, Agent Aguilar was working in a plainclothes unit that we call the Impact Unit near the Imperial Sand Dunes Recreation Area. He and his unit were notified that there were attempted drive-through vehicles in the area. Now, these vehicles are the ones that drive through across the border, through the dunes areas, smuggling people or narcotics into the country. And so this Impact Unit strategically stationed several agents in an attempt to intercept the vehicles as they made their way northbound. Agent Aguilar and another agent positioned themselves on an access road to deploy the controlled tire deflation device, the spike strips. As they were stretching the spike strips across the roadway, the driver of this vehicle accelerated and intentionally drove directly towards the agents. One of them was able to climb the highway fence on the north side and was able to escape being struck by the vehicle. As the driver swerved left directly at Agent Aguilar, he struck him and then continued. He crossed the campground and escaped into Mexico. Louis was pronounced dead about 20 minutes later. Now the driver of the vehicle, Jesus Navarro Montes, was later convicted and sentenced to life in prison. I want to read you some of the aftermath of that incident. Dear Daddy, I miss you so much, I think of you day and night every day. I'm very upset that we've lost you. All my friends talk about their dads, and it makes me feel left out. Why did God make you leave us? I hate it. I need you back. We want you back. I think of you all the time, no matter what I'm doing. I get really sad because you're not around. I only knew you for five years of my life. But I knew you were the best dad in the world. You played with me, watched movies with me, loved me, cared for me, and did everything for me. I need you back. Every day you aren't here, it feels like I'm missing out on the other half of my life. 
You were my life. You were my daddy. Everyone needs their daddy and mommy. But I only have mommy. It's harder for her every day. Every day is a challenge, but somehow we manage to get through it. Just know that we think of you. See you one day. Love you always, Dada. And this was by Ariana, written in 2014. And then there's this. Hey, Dad. I wish you were here to see me, how much I've grown. I miss you so much. But there's not a day that passes that I don't think about you. I hope you're up in heaven watching over us and taking care of us. I love you always. And that was by Louis Jr. in 2014. Here's another one. Happy Father's Day, honey. You continue to impact Miho and Miha's life, as well as mine. A day that is meant to bring such joy is very difficult. We spent the day remembering all the beautiful memories you left with us and ate at our favorite restaurant as a family, the kids remembering everything you taught them and everything you did for them. It's still so hard when I hear the kids say, I miss Daddy. I need Daddy. I love Daddy. But with God's help, I know we'll be able to make it through. What a blessing we had from our Lord to have made a father like you, and we continue to learn from your strength, wisdom, and love. And that was written by Erica Aguilar, Louis' wife, June twenty second, 2009, the year following Louis' passing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our special guest today, Miss Erica Aguilar, surviving spouse to Louis and mom to Ariana and Louis Jr. And she's much more than that. But what better person to talk about what it means to be a wife of not just a Border Patrol agent, but someone in law enforcement? Before I go any further, Erica, glad to have you. Welcome. Thank you. <clears throat> it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you all today. Thank you. I know that's probably tough to hear, and I know you've you've uh, had to endure that so many times, and you do that, I know, for the benefit of others, so they learn from this and draw strength from this. But it can be easy every time you have to live, live through this again, and I thank you for doing it with us again today. You're welcome. Thank you. So the subject, of course, today, the wives, Border Patrol wives, the strong women that are pillars in the lives of those that go out and do this job. They're confidants. They're our source of strength. They're our best friends. They're mothers to our children. They're also the ones that get left behind if something bad happens to us. The kind of strength that they exhibit on a day-to-day basis and the sacrifice that they make makes them worthy of being role models, of being those that we look up to, of being the kind of woman that we celebrate for this Women's History Month. I want to tell you a little bit about Erica, in addition to everything we just talked about. 
Despite all of this happening, she chose to stay in contact, to stay connected to the men and women of the U.S. Border Patrol in so many ways, uh, I don't even know where to begin. One of the things that she did is she started to take part in the Border Patrol Foundation. It's an uh, organization made up a lot of uh, retired Border Patrol agents and, and, and spouses, and uh, she volunteered for them since 2011, and she recently became the executive director, I think, in, uh, in this year, January of this year. Is that right, Erica? Correct, yes. Tell us a little bit about what the foundation does for the men and women of the Border Patrol and their families. Absolutely. So it's a 501c3 nonprofit that was established in July 23rd, 2009, coincidentally the day that Robert Rosas was killed in the line of duty. Uh, the Rosas family was the first family that we got to serve and, and assist during um, that tragic time um, to give them a little bit of um, light in their darkness. Uh, been walking with the uh, foundation to honor the memory and serve the families. Um, we are here also for student scholarships, particularly uh, scholarships for the children of the fallen. And we have a competitive award uh, for the children of the active duty agents, retired agents, and any um, employee of the United States Border Patrol. Outstanding. And this is all... Well, you volunteered a lot of your time. Now, I'm assuming now you're probably getting paid, which uh, thankfully so. But uh, <laughs> you did this in addition to everything else uh, that being a mom entails. And oh, by the way, for five years, you were a competitive bodybuilder. You put yes, <laughs> you put us all to shame on the fitness uh, on the fitness <laughs> spectrum. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. How, how how did that become part of your life? Yeah, definitely. So. You know, as I continued to grow in my um, journey of grief, um, I had to stay active. One of the things that I worked a lot with was uh, with my therapist and the kids and I, and I wanted to continue to stay active. And she was like, you know, I think it will help you for your sanity. Um, I used to be a marathon runner, half marathon runner, cyclist when Louie was alive in Yuma, Arizona. So, and I still went to the gym as a matter of fact, one of our first dates, <laughs> he was like, hey, you know, you want to go out with me? And I was like, sure, but I have to go to the gym first and then we can go out. And he accepted. And so we went to the gym and then we went out to eat. Um, however, after Louis had died, I could no longer run. Um, just the memory of having him there. Yuma, Arizona is scorching hot. Um I know there's been a couple of agents that have passed through Yuma and detailed or served there. It's hot. And he would be like, I'm not going to let you train alone. So he would bike next to me with the kids in that little like trailer that, you know, that you attach to your bike and he would make them peanut butter jelly sandwiches and he'll have Capri Suns. So we'd get out there at 5 a.m. before it got, you know, too excruciatingly hot. And I would have to run for like hours, right, for a marathon. And he would cycle next to me, uh, keep me going, have the cow back. So in 2008 to 2009, I was like, man, I have to do something. And I tried running. I just was alone with my thoughts and would start to cry. And I couldn't run anymore because crying and running just does not make a good combination. So <laughs> decided just to dedicate myself to, to the gym. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave all that behind. I just, I can't. I, I can't do that anymore. And, and to this day, when the kids see dad or a mom cycling, hauling that little trailer, they're like, mom, remember when dad would, you know, run next to you and he was 
uh, biking and I oh, it's just crazy how that memory doesn't fade for them. Um, so yeah, just started a, a bodybuilding, strictly bodybuilding. Um, wanted to challenge myself, um, have a goal, and I got into competitive bodybuilding. My kids saw me, um, you know, through the sacrifices. They sacrificed with me because, you know, there's holidays and things like that. And, uh, you know, I just was showing them the, sometimes you have to delay gratification for the things that you really want in life. Um, and, and they started doing it with me. I didn't pressure them and slowly Team Aguilar started to do it together. Powerlift, bodybuild. So now here we are um, 13 years later and yeah, we're, we're all going to the gym. We push each other. So it's a great challenge. Yeah, that, that's, that's so great. And that's a, a, as a mom to give that kind of advice and teach that type of a, li- a life lesson to your children, I think it's just invaluable. But I, I want to go back to that, uh, w- what got you into it. That in and of itself, so running no longer worked for you because of everything that you went through. And so you found something else. You you found a way through the darkness, and you found your way back to something that uh, that gave you joy in your life. That in and of itself is such a strength. That's something that not many people would be able to do. And you took your kids along for the ride. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, I wanted to find a way to recreate myself find a new identity, right? Now I was Erica Aguilar, the widow, the surviving spouse. And, you know, I was no longer Louis' wife. I technically am still Louis' wife, but I had to realize and, and move forward in my life without forgetting Louis, but, and showing my kids, like, you know, the strength, the endurance, not only for, you know, the gym or bodybuilding, but for life. Um, because, you know, we're going to be met with challenges all the time. So I think that that helped me become the woman I am today to be able to just become one again with um, physically, mentally, and just worked on myself for still working on myself 13 years later. Every day I work on myself, you know, whether it's uh, training, whether it's a podcast, a book, uh, being of service to a family in need, um, I think that I dedicated my life to to law enforcement, to walk along with you guys um, because of the passion that Louis had wearing his uniform and the passion I continue to see with the men and women that I meet in the patrol. I've developed such great friendships um, and my kids, you know, we invite each other to to different functions um, because we grew together. And they now became part of my new identity, you know, um, keeping Louis' legacy alive and all the fallen heroes, as well as just helping those that hold the line for us now. I just, I know Louis wanted to make a difference. And I see that in every Border Patrol agent that I meet. And I want to be a part of that somehow. Well, and, and here you are making a difference in, in, in all of our lives and certainly carrying uh, Louis' memory and, and, and through your actions. And it's just, it's an amazing thing to watch. I, every time you and I talk, I, I walk away impressed. I've told you that. And uh, when you, I want to talk about something else you told me about earlier. And I thought it was just a, a neat story or a closing to the story. So you did the competitive body, bodybuilding for five years. And you ended yeah. up stopping that as well for the benefit of your kids. So you found this thing that gave you joy. But also, here comes my role as a mom. And, and so you yes. had to give that up as well. 
Talk about that. Yeah. So there came a time, you know, Louis was going to graduate. I, he wanted a better car. He wanted to go to college <laughs> and, you know, there are choices again, sacrifices, right. That we have to make, um, out in training will never leave my life. Um, being active when who knows me, and like you said, have met me, they know I'm an athlete. So I'm going to keep doing this, but now at a different level. So I chose to step away from the competitive bodybuilding because I wanted to be able to give my kids, you know, a new car. Ariana was going to start driving. I have nobody else to help me with, you know, another car payment, um, more gas, more insurance. Needless to say, a couple speeding tickets that we have <laughs> come to <laughs> know. <laughs> you know, little things like that. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to step away. And I told the kids, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to stop training, but I'm just not going to train competitively no more because of, you know, I want to help you all and, and pursue, make you guys productive citizens in the world. And see, that's uh, that's being a mom, that's being a pillar of strength. And that's, that's being so selfless and giving of yourself. And that, I just, when you talk about the kind of person that you want your kids to look up to, to emulate, you need to look no further than close to home for somebody like you. And, and I think one of your, the greatest examples of your success you know, as, as a strong woman in this world, the success of your two kids and how they've turned out despite everything that they've gone through. Tell us a little bit about what, uh, what Ariana and, and Louis Jr. are up to these days. How are they doing? Yeah, thank you for asking about them. They are just compassionate little human beings. Um, for six and five years, they had their dad. And I think that is the most crucial time for a father to be present in their life. And they never forget that. They're like, mom, dad helped you lay a great foundation. They still to this day, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Um, and I just kept building on that, you know, and I didn't let it go just because something terrible and tragic happened to us. I didn't loosen up on, you know, our, our goal, ultimate goal. And, and I had structure, um, you know, that's why we are team Aguilar and I made it fun and exciting to be team Aguilar. And they wanted to, you know, wake up every day and be team Aguilar. And now they're 19 and 18. Um, not a day goes by that they don't miss their dad. And, you know, when you're saying that you look up to women, my son wrote about me last year. He didn't tell me for English class. And he was, he, he said he would never forget the reasons why your parents exist. And I printed it out because I wanted to read to you what he said. Because I was like blown away when he decided like he could have chosen his dad. His dad died, you know, in the line of duty. But he chose me because he watches me every day. They watch me every day. So I just am, that is such a great feeling to know like, okay, I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Let's hear so what he said. He, so he said, you talked about my age, which I'm not very happy about. <laughs> None of us are. None of us are. <laughs> so he says, my mom showed me how to be independent and how not to depend on others for motivation. The motivation has to come from within. She says, always find an opportunity. I'm giving you a path, but it's up to you to take that path. She never fails to make us laugh. She shines light in our darkest days. She became a strong woman because of what happened to her. 
I'm not saying that I'm happy that it happened to her, but it made her strong. She has influenced me in the way that she carries herself. She knows her worth and she knows where to invest her time. Like I'm blown away that he observed all of this. He know he he knows how highly I hold myself, right? Reputation versus character. I'm always a big, you know, I tell them can easily ruin everything that you have built in a moment. And the fact that he says she knows where to invest her time. And I tell them that all the time. We lost your dad. Don't worry about the small stuff, right? That saying, don't sweat the small stuff. Some days our house is array, but who cares? As long as we're all together, that's what's important. So he's listening when I tell him time is important. The family time, the small YouTube video that he will share with me, um, my, you know, their favorite influencer, whatever it is that they're going through. And I'm just like, I'm happy that we get to share that and that he in return sees how important that is time. See, that may be a surprise to you, but I can tell you that all of us that know you are no surprise whatsoever that you would be his uh, his role model. And I think that is exactly the kind of thing that we're talking about here today. And I don't know if you ever thought about it, but you have fulfilled any promise you made to Louis because you kept what you two were doing, raising those two children in the right way, going even after his passing. I know he's got to be looking down and, and just smiling every time he sees how you guys have persevered and, and how you've uh, you know, turned your life around and, and the things that you've done and how those two kids are today. That's uh, that is something that we, that that's worth celebrating. Everybody would tell me like agents, Erica, your kids are resilient. The therapist kids are resilient. But at the time, 13 years ago, I couldn't see it. I was like, no, you know, those letters you read at the beginning, 2013, 2014, we had just closed and sentenced, you know, the scumbag and I remember that feeling. I remember those feelings of like, huh. And I thought this epiphany was going to take over me and make me feel 100% better. But it didn't bring Louie back. No. And it sucked. So it just, it, it does. Working on yourself, putting in the time, putting in the effort, and realizing that, that you can move forward. The level of grief just changes. I still have my bad days. Um, you know, my daughter's getting ready to graduate. You asked about the kids. She's going to graduate high school. She's a senior. My goodness, you should see her chief. Like, I sometimes stand at the corner and I'm like, who is this girl? Like, You still wow. see them and they're this tall in your eyes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, and I, I tell her, I see you all the time. And then I hear her, do it to me, daddy. Do it to me. She would run around always trying to imitate her brother and... I just, it's incredible that, you know, I have impacted their lives and I hope to continue. I always tell them, I want to be there no matter what, you know, please include me, keep including me. Um, I know it's going to be tough. Uh, we're finding ways to kind of bring Louie along um, to her senior year, you know, and, and watch her graduate. Um, but they know they're not alone. They feel it. They know it. They're proud. Um and I, I tell them that all the time. Your dad would be very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. I remind them all the time. They make really good choices. So looking forward to having two college kids. Our, our conversations are very different. Of course. 
Our and, worries are very different. And as a parent, staying uh, staying a part of their lives sometimes becomes more of an active process on our part because they're they're moving mm-hmm. out and on with their lives, and that's that can be a little bit uh, disparaging because, uh, like I said, we still see them as the little bitty babies, and they probably always will be in our eyes. But you're responsible yeah, for getting them there. Absolutely. And I thought, oh, I had it hard. I was like, okay, I have it so hard. You know, they're five and six. God, I hope I don't ruin them. You know, <laughs> here we go. And 13 years later, I I can say like, yeah, we, we're okay. I mean, we are not perfect, but together we do have it all. And, and I let them know that we have what we need. Um, we may not have everything we want, but I mean, we're there for each other. Team Aguilar strong, for sure. You know, as, as I talk to you, they said that, that attitude that has gotten you through all of these things just comes out in everything that you say. It's uh, You distill it down to what does it take to survive? What does it take to be happy? And you have the priorities locked on and straight. And I have no doubt that you have imparted that to Ariana and, and Louis Jr. And I'll tell you more than that. You stand as an example because, unfortunately, you're not the only one that goes through something like this. There are others that have and will uh, down the road again in law enforcement. And I think when they see you as an example, they know that there's hope. They know that there it can be done. You can get through it. Have you had that impact personally on, on people that you've talked to? Because I know you talk to other surviving spouses and other surviving, surviving family members. Oh, definitely. You know, I like to say that we went from surviving to thriving. That first, second year, I was just trying to get through to the next hour, surviving, right? I mean, that trauma was full front. The wound was open. I mean, it hurt. But as time went on, you know, I found ways to cope and things that would trigger me. I was able to kind of, you know, establish something for me and the kiddos to to kind of move forward. And when I did start to to meet families i went to the rosas family for example in 2009 and you know no words can can comfort you when you've lost your husband i know that but just knowing that you're meeting somebody else that is walking in those shoes has two kids as well and it gives you like you said that hope i want to be there to shine a little bit of light in their darkness and make recommendations and suggestions that helped me and my kids. The friendships that have developed from, you know, sadly meeting our fallen heroes, the families that they leave behind. Um, I want to show them, you can go from surviving to thriving. I can't tell you when, but it will happen. My most important thing that I tell them is, you're going to laugh again. Right now, it may not seem like you're going to laugh again, but you will, I promise. And you will think of Louie, you will think of Robert, you will think of David, you will think of all those guys. We will think of them every day, but with a smile now, instead of with a tissue. I mean, I can't tell you how many tissues we went through, but to be able to sit there and cry together and comfort each other because nobody else can, you know, our department, you guys do a great job of being there and helping us with peer support and chaplains, but honestly, there's nothing like meeting another family member, whether it be a spouse, a mom, a sister. I even have created such great friendships with, you know, surviving mothers, sisters, brothers, um, and, and now dealing with, you know, the college kiddos, they give me inspiration. I wake up every day and I'm like, God, I get to talk to so-and-so today. And I hope to learn something from them because 
I still have a lot of life left in me. And I think death shows us how to live. The more I learn about death, the more I learn how to live, you know, and, and that's what I want to provide to these families is you're, you, we have to live. We still have our lives and we have, if there's kids, our kids want to see us and we want to see them and, and bring them forward. So it is a blessing when, when families let me in at their most vulnerable hour to hear, you know, words of comfort or even just to sit there. And not say anything, but just be in the same room as them because I know exactly what you're going through. I'm still living it. I sometimes wake up and I'm like looking at the ceiling like, yep, feel like Groundhog Day, but this is it. <laughs> Here we are again. So but, I go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but you know, when I, when I see them years later, I'm like, do you remember when I first met you? And they laugh and they're like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you've grown so much. And I make sure to tell them that mom, dad, sip, uh, you know, spouse, I'm like, even the kids, they love to hear. I mean, I, I've seen you grow in, you know, you've grown with us and it's, it's just, and the, to see that smile and the joy that they have, they're like, okay, I'm doing okay validation for them to keep going. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and that's something that, uh, as you said, only somebody like you who has walked through that, uh, you know, walked a mile in their shoes can absolutely mm -hmm. uh, relate to, and, and they need that. There, mm -hmm. There's so many elements that you bring to the table, somebody like you that, uh, that, that others can't provide. As you said, we have a great peer support program. We have a great chaplaincy program. We work on our resilience because for us, it's a family. It's not just an organization. The Border Patrol is a family, and that includes our family members. You're part of this green family just like I am, you know, whether we wear the uniform or not. And there's an aspect of that, of your life, that doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think, because it gets overshadowed by the just the tragic events. But you spent six years as a Border Patrol spouse. You were the wife of a Border Patrol agent. That in and of itself involves a tremendous amount of sacrifice, and it is an honor as well because you, in essence, are serving your country whenever you send your loved one out to, to help keep everybody safe. Talk about what that's like. What, it's like. what is it like to be the spouse of a law enforcement officer, whether it be Border Patrol or anybody, and have to watch your loved one day in and day out go out that door knowing that something like that could happen? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, I told you earlier, Louis was very passionate and, and he wanted to make a difference. And that's why he became a Border Patrol agent. Um, I remember the phone call that he got, you know, and they offered him Yuma, Arizona. I quickly Googled and said, eh, it's a small town, but let's go, you know, and we we accepted and, and the support to he needed that support when he was at the academy. You're at the academy right now. They don't see their families for four to six months, you know, whether it be wife, fiance, kids. Um, it just it, it mentally is hard. You guys are challenging them physically and mentally. So we kind of have to be there to to support and listen to them because it's stressful. Um, I remember how proud he was when he graduated from the Border Patrol Academy. Uh, he came back ready to move us. We baptized Ariana because Ariana was just a month old and off we went to Yuma, Arizona in a U-Haul and, you know, our vehicles uh, got there. 
I mean, Yuma was great. Sometimes I don't know if we miss Yuma or if we miss Louie because <laughs> it was <laughs> it was so wonderful to see him grow and how, you know, he was excited to go to work. Um, his tricky bag he had and, you know, the flashlight, those little things I remember were, were so important to him. The way his uniform, you know, was pressed, um, things like that. I just remember how important it was to support him because that's what was important to him. Um, and and of course, then it came with the stresses and the traumas that come with, you know, your job. Um, when you do encounter a big group, um, you encounter drugs, you encounter, you know, a chase, whatever it is, you know, coming home and he'd come home and he'd go immediately to the kids and I'd be like, I just put them to bed. He's like, but I want to see them because something happened earlier where he was like the stress and the trauma. And he was just thankful to be able to go home to see his kids. And I clearly recall how important that was and how important it is to, to, to be able for you guys to come home every night, you know? And it just sucked that January 19th, he didn't get to come home, but I know he died doing what, what he loved to do and he didn't die in vain. Um, I, I'm happy that I was supportive. I think the one thing that I would encourage new spouses to do or even our current spouses that are, are walking along with you all, you know, we need to talk about the just in case. It sucks. I wasn't ready. None of us are ready. But just like we talk about our taxes every year and we have to do them, I think we should talk about that. What are your wishes? What are your wishes, Chief? How do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? Have you expressed that to mom and dad? Because you're married to me and you're telling me, but do you express that to mom and dad? Because sometimes, you know, family dynamics and Great advice. Sucks. Great advice. I think that, you know, every time that something important happens, whether it be marriage, divorce, separation, or birth, you know, we need to sit down and, and discuss those things again. I think my life would have been, and mentally my life would have been a lot different if I would have known some of those things. Because um, you all think you're young and a superhero and nothing can harm you, right? <laughs> but I think that, that if I could be an advocate, and I still do every time I run into a board of agents, male or female, I tell them, have you talked about the just-in-case? No, you may not want to, but... Reality is, is, you know, our time is limited here on earth and it would just be so great to have that taken care of because they're gone and we're left to carry on. And we just want to know that what we're carrying on is okay with, you know, our spouse. So for everybody that's listening, that's, that's great advice for anybody in the law enforcement profession, military to, to prepare for the just-in-case because at the end of the day, that's something that's good for those that, that get left behind. And that's something I don't think we've talked about before, and, and I, I, I only somebody like you would, would know to bring that up, and that's, uh, that, that's something that I think we can all learn and benefit from. But I also want to take your attention to another point. I asked Erica to talk about herself as a Border Patrol spouse, and notice she talks about worrying about the stresses that Louie had to go through, worrying about the stresses that those that go out and do the job. That's how selfless the Border Patrol wives, the spouses are for us. That's what enables us to go out and do 
this job and do these things on a day, uh, daily basis. Here's somebody that has absolutely gone through so much, and, and we're here to talk about her, and she can't help herself. She keeps talking about <laughs> <laughs> what was best for Louie, what was best for the kiddos. It's just, I, I, it makes me smile every time because that's, uh, I, I talked to Marie Vega not long ago, I told you that, and, and, and she was exactly the same way, and it's just, there. Uh, I stand in awe of you guys, uh, the, the, the amazing human beings that you are because of how giving and selfless you are, and um, and I, I know that that's taking that uh, right now for you to be able to talk about this, and, and I know that there are uh, Border Patrol wives and family members that are going to benefit from this and the advice that you give. And so to, to me, it's worth it. I, I do hope that uh, that the same is true for you. You've been, you've chose to to stay a part of the Border Patrol and stay close to us, and we are all eternally grateful, and, and, and we all love you. And, uh, and I hope that that continues. Talk a little bit about that. What has staying close to the Border Patrol done for you? So going back to what you said about being a wife, I think I missed it. I missed being a Border Patrol agent wife, the gatherings, the, you know, family days, the station, things like that. And I still wanted to be included and invited, you know, because I'm still a wife. I didn't divorce my husband. He just was taken from me. He was killed in the line of duty. So I still felt like I was married and, and I was proud to continue to be with you all. So that's why I chose to continue to walk with you all. And I hope and pray that you all don't tire of me because <laughs> there's still so many things that that I would love to 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 do and, and see come to to fruition with our agents especially like I told you you know to advocate for that just just be ready uh, let's get ready for the just in case and I think it's healing some people may think why would you want to put yourself through that but it's not always solemn things that that I go through with you all yes there are memorials that we go to uh, police week um the silent partner program you guys have over there I know right now during COVID we cannot go and present that silent partner but knowing that our legacy Louis's legacy and the legacy of our fallen heroes is being carried on it's important you know like you said we're family my, my family is being carried on he's still being talked about you know all of our fallen heroes are still being talked about and I think that is just it, it's comforting um, and, and I think that that's why it allows me to do what I do and be of service to other people because there's so many people and so many other people that still continue to come to our lives and do things for Team Aguilar or in honor of Louis Aguilar. And I can never repay them. That act of service has so much worth. Nothing in the world could you know, ever repay them for that time or just that sentiment, a gesture, whatever it is. So that's why I stick around because I like to see those things. It just, it makes me feel alive. And it makes me wake up with more passion every day to, to keep working and, and striving so that we can keep helping, you know, our families of the Border Patrol fall in or active duty. Well, and, I, and I hope others that are listening uh, take a lead from your example and, 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 uh, and do the same. Uh, we, we want the families of our fallen to stay in touch with us. We want to, uh, to continue to have them in our lives. It, it, we receive so much benefit from, uh, from having you guys as part of our families, and, and, and we want that. And I know sometimes that's not always... You know, what what the families want. You know, sometimes it's just too hard, yeah. and, and we respect and understand that. But it's when somebody like you comes along and, and you stay 
with us and you, you stay a part of this family, it, it's, it is beneficial for everybody. I mean, we, we get so much out of you and, and having you in our lives, and, and you get to see that, uh, that Louis' uh, legacy is, is continued. We get to stay in touch with Ariana and Louis Jr. and see how they're doing. And I want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned the silent partner program real quick, and I just want to make sure everybody knows what that is. The Border Patrol has a program that we started some years back where every agent, everybody in our family carries with them a silent partner. And that silent partner is a member of our Border Patrol family that has laid down their life in the line of duty. It's a card that has their picture and their story that we carry with us always. And it's to keep their memory alive. It's to honor their sacrifice. It's to keep their families engaged with us. And as it happens, Louis is my silent partner. He's a... He's been my silent partner for almost five years now. Whenever we started, uh, we started assigning them, and it's something that uh, that we that we hold as a sacred privilege, because that brother or sister that paid the ultimate price in service to this country to protect its people, its way of life, and our values. What an honor! And not just anybody gets to be a holder of a silent partner. And so we don't just give those out to anybody. And so when Erica's talking about getting to come to the academy, imagine, if you will, being a brand-new trainee here at the academy, just figuring out what this career is going to be and what you are now a part of. And you get introduced to the Silent Partner Program. And you have Erica present you with her husband's Silent Partner card and charges you with keeping his memory alive. How powerful is that? How special is that? And what kind of strength does that individual who can stand there and give somebody else their husband's silent partner card, what kind of strength does that take? That is Eric Aguilar. And she can't wait to come back and do this again. (laughs) Matter of fact, we were talking about uh, you joining us for a patch run when the agents get their first patches. I know you're looking forward to that, and we are too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely looking forward to it. I think it's a great program. And, And like you said, not all families process you know, uh, grief the same, but at least we're there to tell them, Hey, this is what I did. Take what you want and learn from it, implement it into, you know, your life because all of us have different needs and we're not all going to be the same. And I don't expect, you know, our fallen families to, to, to follow the identical path I did, but I just give suggestions and recommendations right, for them to, cause I've seen it and I've seen other families and it helps. And I would like to help them and, and just be that, you know, small little mustard seed to help them keep going along and very grateful that we get to do the silent partner card. Like, like you said, it does take strength, but I've been working on my strength 13 years. I didn't know how strong I was until that fateful day, Jan- January 19, 2008. And then all of the people that came into my life and still continue to come into my life to help me be the woman I am today. It's incredible. I have had such great influences. And like you said, it may not be a Hollywood star. It may not be a movie star. It may not be a musician, but just everyday people. Some of my really great friends are female Border Patrol agents. We text almost every day that came from losing Louis. So I am really thankful to him because I'm like, man, look at all these amazing friendships that you brought into my life. And a lot of the female agents, you know, they're single, they were moms, they 
took me under their wing. Look at, we have friendships over 10 years old now. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And that's, uh, and I, I know they probably feel the same way about you. They, they, they have to. And, and, and you hit on a very important point. The, the, the people that we celebrate this month and, and the people that we look up to, the trailblazers, the uh, ones that we emulate, the ones that, uh, that we want our kids to see as role models, they're right here. They're right next to us. They're our moms. They're our wives. They're our sisters. They're our daughters. It doesn't yeah. matter. They're, they're people that we work for. I worked for Chief Provost when she was the chief of the Border Patrol. You know, in anybody's mind, she's going to be a trailblazer and, and, and somebody that you want to emulate. You need to look no further than right here beside you in this organization and, and wherever you work and whatever your organization. They're right there beside you each and every day, and their contributions to the lives of the people that are around them never stop. And sometimes they don't get the recognition they deserve. But when we think about who we're celebrating in a month like this, I think those are the folks that we need to be thinking about. Erica, you are absolutely one of them. You are somebody that, uh, that we all know, and, uh, and it's, it's been a blessing having you on here with us. Before we go, is there anything, that uh, any words of wisdom or advice that you'd like to give to particularly the young ladies that are here right now going through this academy and, and are out in the field right now? I, I think, you know, definitely it's, it's incredible to be – that caliber of a woman, um, honored. It means so much to me. And let, like you said, I turn and I look at my daughter and she inspires me every day. I admire my mom and she left me 19 years ago, but there's not one, I could close my eyes and I could tell you phrases, what she looked like, how she dressed, because that's how much admiration and strength I saw in her in the challenges. So I think that I just want to say, you know, take the opportunity. Like my son sees in me every day, you know, know your worth, invest your time, take care of yourself, your family, and continue to hold the line. And thank you for your service. Outstanding words by an outstanding lady. And Erica, we look forward to seeing what you and your lovely children do with the rest of your lives as you stay close to us for the rest of ours. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another episode of What's Important Now. We'll talk again soon. Until then, stay safe out there and on our first.